I'm Evelyn and I'm a geoholic. That's life. That's life. Oh man. That's this music it is, huh? It just it puts me in such a good You're place. Yeah. And it's like you know, here we are around the holidays. I guess this is our Thanksgiving show. Although by the time it comes out, it's going to be post Thanksgiving. Yeah, so but I hope it's still everybody the had a good Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving. show. Yeah, exactly. it's still the Thanksgiving show. <laughs> yes, yes. Um, but oh my gosh, love that song. Love that song. So excited about uh, this week's episode. Great guest, great co-co-host. We have Phil Fedor with us. Hey, how you doing, Kent? Phil, it's been a bit. Yeah, been a while. Last time I saw you, I believe, was at the uh, Common Materials event. Yep, Pony Express. You Absolutely. Yep, and the roadshow. Give us the 30-second uh, summary. How did it go this year? Well, uh, on my part, I lost a stirrup on my ride, mm. and so I had to cross Rush Hour Cave Creek Road with only one foot in the stirrup. Oh, yeah, that's good times. Oh. I don't know what that means, but it sounds that challenging. Means, that means that I was holding on to that horse's saddle with my butt cheeks. Oh. <laughs> good, good, good. But overall, I mean, the, the ride went well, and... Yep. And the Common Churros raised $45,000 for herself. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah, that's yeah. amazing. Not bunch for a bunch of red, not bad for a bunch of rednecks. Incredible for a bunch of rednecks. And I hope, I hope, I, if I remember right, we were invited back next year already to uh, to be there and do some interviews because that was an awesome experience. Yes, it was. It was. I love that group of people. Oh, yeah. No, it was it was a lot of fun to have you guys out there and everybody enjoyed their interviews. So, yep. yeah, it we was hope a lot to of do fun. It again. Yeah, awesome. thanks for having me back. Yep, thanks for being here. Appreciate that. And, of course, uh, Producer Sean, how are you, my friend? Uh, outstanding. Thanksgiving is my favorite holiday, so I'm already geared up, ready to go. I'm a turkey cooker, so I am frying a turkey and smoking a turkey and roasting a turkey and... I don't know. I may figure out another way to cook a turkey next year, but oh dear, uh, that's it's like a lot a, of fun. Um, like flamethrower. I think a flamethrower. You'd cook a turkey with a flamethrower, maybe. Uh, yeah, that's an idea. Or maybe like it infrared or something. One. Yeah, I need something else to do because kind of bored on those. That's a yeah. lot of tryptophan. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and he, he's not a turkey cooker. He's a turkey weirdo. Because okay. he's telling me today, he's like, my goal in life is just cook all these turkeys and people come by the house and I just give them away. Really? Yes. Yeah. Yes. That's Well, I mean, turkey not, it's not my only goal turkey in life, charity. but my Thanksgiving yes. goal in life, yes. Like, I might have a couple other goals, but yeah, that's that's one of them. It's one of the top five. Yes, Very that's good. correct. For sure. For sure. And it was, um, it's Wednesday, mm. obviously. Tomorrow being Thursday, Thanksgiving. It's the biggest drinking night of the year. Apparently. In the States is what my understanding is. So, um... We are partaking, and uh, thanks to Phil for bringing us a, a bottle of Crown Royal. You're welcome. Adding yep. to the collection. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. Appreciate yep. that. You're welcome. Um, for our listeners, thanks for being back. And the one thing I'll mention is I'm going to apologize now, because if you're listening to this, that means you've gotten through the last week of oh, man. content overload. Oh, yeah. Content overload. Yes. <laughs> we we released like four episodes in four days or something like that. And it was yeah. all from our uh, our Dimension interviews. Dimensions yeah. interviews. We mentioned our great experience there. It was incredible. Phil, hopefully you can make it next year. 
if my boss lets me. Well, I'll talk to your boss. <laughs> I think I know him. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it was it was amazing. And we are winding down the year very quickly. Um, we are renewing our friends of the program for 2023. Um, in the middle of December, we will be sending out invitations to folks that may be interested. I've had a lot of people reach out to me already saying, hey, you know, love to be a supporter of the show. How can we do it? Blah, blah, blah. So there's there's going to be some opportunities there for sure, in addition to our friends of the program from this year that have already recommitted for next year. So it's a pretty exciting time. Um, and yeah, I'm just just humbled by all the support we're getting, all the listeners. Um, and it's it's a time to be thankful. So it you know really what? really is. I am thankful for everybody listening to this show right now and everybody that has contributed to this show in the past. Yeah, here, here. All right, before I start tearing up, uh, Producer Sean, tell us about that opening number. Uh, I don't know if any of you heard of this guy, but that was a gentleman by the name of Frank Sinatra, a song mm. called That's Life. Uh, Frank was an American singer and actor, nicknamed the chairman of the board, and later called Old Blue Eyes. He was one of the most popular entertainers of the 40s, 50s, and 60s. He is among the world's best-selling music artists with an estimated 150 million record sales. Sinatra was honored at the Kennedy Center Honors in 1983, was awarded the Presidential Medal of Freedom by Ronald Reagan in 1985, and the Congressional, Medal, or Congressional Gold Medal in 1997. He received 11 Grammy Awards, including the Grammy Trustees Award, Grammy Legend Award, and the Grammy Lifetime Achievement Award. Sinatra was included in Time Magazine's compilation of the 20th century's 100 most influential people. One of those guys that is just a fixture that... It just it seems like he's just on the on the Mount Rushmore of yes. entertainers. Great I, way I to describe it. <clears throat> Great way to describe it. Because I was just thinking, who else is more iconic? Really, I mean, my goodness, when you hear Frank Sinatra and you know just listening to this music and before picking that song for the night's show, I was listening to all bunch of his other music. I'm like, oh my god, great song, great song. I mean, just what a freaking legend! Mm. Incredible, yeah, incredible, great. Yep. He's a uh, great Polish artist, right? Polish. <laughs> No. Hungarian. 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 Well, no. yeah, Phil, <laughs> Phil knows. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. <laughs> he is Italian as Italian gets. Pretty much. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. I'm sure that man, oh, the stories he could have told. Yeah, Jeez. absolutely. All right, absolutely. here we are in the Diamondback Lancerfink studio, of course. Speaking of being thankful, uh, Trent Keenan, of course, has been a huge supporter of the show from day one. Can't thank him enough for that. And if you haven't already, be sure to check out Mentoring Mondays. You can find the website at mentoringmondays.xyz. Uh, every Monday night. I mean, this guy does it. He has a commitment. He has guests on every single Monday night. Um, it's and a, uh, w Wisdom Wednesdays. And Wisdom Wednesdays as well. WisdomWednesdays.xyz. Yeah. XYZ. Yeah, there we go. Um, but every Monday, if you have, if you don't know about this already, you're probably living under a rock. But um, it's incredible. He has a open forum, basically, where he has amazing guests on every single week. And folks can join. It's a, it's a, a Zoom-type uh, platform. And... Uh, yeah, just live interaction. It's fantastic. So uh, we all know how much Trent does for the profession, and these are just another couple examples of, of what he does. Okay, Producer Sean, do you have a degenerate lock of the week this week? Of course I do. Uh, keep in mind that these locks of the week have so far by history are, <laughs> Unlock of are anything but, but like I said from the beginning, I am a terrible gambler. Take my advice for, for what it's worth. Uh, I've got two games. Uh, I like to pick games on Monday because we usually release the episode Monday morning. So the Monday night football game is the Steelers at the Colts. I'm going to go a little different. The over-under is 39. 
I'm going to take the over on that. I think that two terrible teams with terrible defenses with a long week will typically score points. So take the over. I have no idea who's going to win because they're both bad. Uh, the other game is it's World Cup. I'm sure you guys are aware there's been a bunch of huge upsets so far. Uh, on Monday, I'm picking the game Portugal and Uruguay, and I like Portugal. That was one of my uh, locks of the week last week for them to make the quarterfinals. I still like them, and with all the upsets, I think Portugal may, is probably still favored, but I like them to win that game. So I placed my first World Cup wager today. All right. Uruguay over Japan. I like that because yep. Japan just upset uh, Germany this morning, yep. so uh, they're probably going to be a little too confident. I like that. Yeah, that's yeah. good. All right. We'll see what happens. Yeah. Keep you posted. All right. Time for Liquid Death's weekly words of wisdom. Uh, again, I am on a Frank Sinatra kick now as a result of this episode, so I have two great quotes from the man himself. Number one, alcohol may be man's worst enemy, but the Bible says, love your enemy. <laughs> <laughs> Not so bad. It's good advice. And the second one I really like, and uh, again, this goes back to being thankful, of course. I would like to be remembered as a man who had a wonderful time living life, a man who had good friends, fine family, and I don't think I could ask for anything more than that, actually. Frank Sinatra. I really legend. like that. Now, that, that, that sums it up right there. Pretty much it. does, right? That Pretty much does. It. All right. Okay. Man, oh, man. We got through that stuff quick tonight. We're ready for our guest. I'm ready. Oh, man. This is going to be excited good about it. I am so excited about yeah. this. All right. Our guest this evening, I, I, hopefully I don't butcher his name. Jesus. Uh, Anthony Tony Vetterelli. Very good. Close enough? Close, <laughs> Close enough? enough. All right. So we, we send our guests out our, our, uh, a request for some you know biographical information before every show. And, uh, and, and Tony was kind enough to respond with to that and send us some uh, some great information about him. But right off the bat, I cannot pronounce the name of his place of birth. So I am going to let him kick us off by telling us where he was born. Uh, it's called Puccianiello Caserta, Italia, <laughs> which is about 25 miles north of Naples, Italy. And it's my understanding that you lived there till you were approximately 10 years old. Correct. And that, at which time you moved to Syracuse, New York, of all places. Correct. How did you get to Syracuse? Uh, my biological dad died when I was nine years old, and my mom thought it was best for me to be adopted by her sister. Oh. And she put me on a plane to America, and the rest is history. The rest is absolutely <laughs> wow. history. Show's over. <laughs> <laughs> right. yeah. Thanks for coming, everybody. <laughs> Did you bump into Phil in Syracuse? <laughs> no. No? No, we didn't bump into <laughs> Not at all. Oh, um, man. So, Tony, um, you don't have a college degree, but you have four years apprenticeship and worked as a surveyor for countless years, correct? Correct. Uh, we're going to get to that here in just a second. Uh, you are, I guess, a retired surveyor and author which is one of the main reasons we have you on here this evening to talk about your, your book of memoirs. Um, and one of your highlights... <laughs> We're going to hear about this, too. Setting up the instrument between railroad tracks while trains were traveling. <laughs> <laughs> Who does that and why? I did so it. So funny. I don't know what you're talking did about. You? Oh, yeah, my goodness. You guys do things different in Syracuse. I did this in Indiana. But anyways. And his passions are strong family relations and bonding with many friends. Um, hey, Tony, thanks so much for being here. We really, really appreciate your time. 
my honor, and I thank you for the invitation. Yep. Meeting you both. It's going to be great. And it's going to be course, great. I can't thank Phil for being here as well. You're welcome. Yeah. And how did you? How did you guys meet? I bought. I bought Tony's book and I read it. Yep. And found out that him being from where he was in Italy, which was the same region as my family came from in okay. Italy, and then he landed in Syracuse, which is my hometown. Yep. And then of course. He lives in California. He works in Cal- worked in California for most of his career. We had a lot of parallels after reading his story. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to meet the guy. So I bought the book, and he was gracious enough to meet me for lunch last spring. And we had a nice lunch together. We chatted for a while. He signed my book. Awesome. Now we're buddies. Amen. <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> so he invited me to come over here for this, too. So. Wow. Yeah, so I, yeah, it's a good excuse to, guy, you know, to hang out with you guys. That's amazing. Well, hopefully this goes well. And at the end, we can call Tony a buddy as well. You bet. Uh, thank you, guys. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't want to be on his bad side. That's all I can Not tell Not at all. <laughs> I left the that concrete at port. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So now it's time for the uh, Trimble Pro Point icebreaker. Every episode, we ask our guests a icebreaker-type question. And I'm very excited to hear your response to this. What's the best advice you've ever been given well my adopted dad when I came over is that always go to somebody's house with a full stomach you never know if they're going to feed you (laughs) (laughs) I love that (laughs) oh man that's awesome Uh, how about you Phil we've never had a chance to ask you this question Put you on the spot here. Oh dear Lord! I, yeah, it's I was a tough one. I was, a tough one. I, I wasn't ready for this one. Don't stand up in an open canoe. Uh, don't stand. Uh, oh yeah, that's good too. I'm kidding, but yeah, yeah. I, it's just the first thing that comes to mind. It's not yeah. necessarily the best, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I guess. I guess if you want to get into a surveying realm, my first party chief told me he says you can make all the mistakes you want as long as you fix them. I love it. <laughs> I love it. Yep. Just acknowledge it. Yep. Right. Yep. Acknowledge it happened. Yep. That's yep. right. No so, doubt. Mm-hmm. All right. So Tony, you are a surveyor turned author and you have this book titled land surveyor journey challenges and destiny how talk about the journey i mean how how did you go from becoming a surveyor to well i know how you did it because it took years and years and years but getting to the point where you decided to put these experiences and these thoughts and this wisdom uh into writing well now i could go back to how i got to America. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, I'll elaborate a little bit on that. I love it. As I said earlier, my mom put me on a plane to be adopted by her sister and I never met her sister or bro- her brother-in-law and I never did either. So at 10 years old, I flew all across Atlantic, and uh, I was chaperoned according to my sister, but in my opinion, I was all alone. Mm. So my parents um, gave me a whole new world, and I use the word blessed numerous amount of times. So um, after going to school there, which I practically have no recollection at school at all, Mm. up until about 16 years old, and I started getting work, but before work, I was a gambler, and uh, there was no life, no future, no vision, so I started looking for meaningful work, 
and one of them was at the Syracuse uh, Water Department. Mm. There, um, I met these guys that had this instrument called the transit. One thing leads to another. I loved it. I said, geez, this could be an opportunity here. Well, that night, I went home and researched it in my encyclopedia. Sure enough, sounded interesting. So I inquired and at the department. They weren't hiring. They said, but state of New York is They're looking for engineering aides. I said, oh, okay. I went over there and I applied. And I got the job. I loved, even though we worked through swamp, in fact, uh, chopping line, I, that's all I did at first was chop line. I thought serving was only chopping lines. <laughs> <laughs> if you look at things online these days, you know, it's almost what they do anyway. Oh. That's all they do is take pictures of them chopping line. All the yeah, There's a lot of that. Yes, People are very proud of chopping yes, line. There's no are. doubt. Yes, they well, are. Especially when you're doing uh, section breakdowns. Oh, yeah. Know, you mm. can actually see the mm. the cutting, you know, in yeah. some of the places. Anyway, I got in with the state and worked with them for a year plus, and then. Uh, but I, ever since coming from Italy, I, I hated the cold, and I hated mm. Syracuse cold, and I just was constantly looking to a warm place and a place to live, so. A friend of mine came home from the service, and he was going back. He was stationed out in California. He said he's going back to California without hesitating. I said, hey, can I go? Sure enough, we went, and that's how it all began with the surveying with the, the water department. And then I saw surveyors in California. Hey, how do I get in there? Mm. Got to join the union. Oh, yeah. And uh, the union uh, had an apprenticeship program, mm. four years, two nights a week, in conjunction with on-the-job training. And uh, I've been blessed. No matter what type of surveying I did, I loved it all. In fact, to this day, I, I still dream about it <coughs> in 14 years that I've been retired. Yeah. And, but I gravitated mostly to earthwork, but that's not to diminish all aspects of surveying because I loved it all. Yeah, yeah. Um, so a couple questions on that. Um, first of all, the apprenticeship model, you know, apprenticeship and on-the-job training, um, I'm making an assumption that at that point in time, there wasn't a lot of, like, college programs for surveying. Right back then, to my knowledge, it wasn't. Yeah, yeah. So the 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 apprenticeship and the job training model. Do you think that was was good for you? That made you successful. That and the willingness for me to learn. Mm -hmm. And besides the apprenticeship program, I took um, several courses uh, on my own once the apprenticeship program was completed, and so. Um, I just wanted to excel, excel, because I loved it so much. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just loved it. And so, luckily, I got under the somebody's wings, a handful of guys that they had, 
the ability and capability to saw in me that I didn't know I had. And so I excelled in that area. But the jobs, um, no matter what type of surveying it was, I loved it all. I've been blessed in many aspects of land surveying because you may agree with me, certain surveyors only um, devote their time to two, three, four. I've been blessed with probably over 30 of them in different aspects. Yeah. So, um, but I loved it all, but the most was intriguing for me was earthwork. Earthwork, okay. What, do you th- what is it about surveying that just kind of gets in your blood like that? Because your story is not unlike a lot of people that we talk to, and I'm sure Phil can attest to this as well. It's like once you get introduced to surveying and get exposed to everything that it is, it just it, it grabs you and kind of sucks you in, and it's, uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. I mean, what, uh, how, what, what was it about surveying that was so appealing to you and that, that you continue to love it to this day? Well, number one, with me, being uh, outdoors, nature, and then um, just, it was, I mean, I, I, it's undescribable because uh, I loved it so much, I, I just can't put it into words other than I just loved it. Yeah. Every day was a challenge. You know, every, every, every day well, we presented a different, and at least it was in my career. You know, every day presented a different challenge, whether it's mathematical challenges or physical challenges by climbing over a mountain or having to cross a canyon or hanging off some godforsaken rock someplace. You know, it, that's that was what always got me. That is so true, uh, Phil. Did you ever think about doing anything else? Once I got into survey, no. Mm. I mean, in fact, my buddy to this day was my party chief, Sid Bowles. Mm. Um I think it was uh, in the late 70s. Oh, Tony, I don't know if you got in the right profession. And uh, at the time, I bought a new house and <laughs> a little kid and all, on all these uh, things. And, and I said, that's it. I said, no, I don't want to do nothing else anymore. And surveying is it for me. I just put blinders on and surveying was it. Wow. Committed to it, right? And been blessed. And I feel you're talking about challenges. That's another aspect of serving that I enjoyed. I didn't have the uh, many um, uh, luck of having uh, somebody in the office. So when a job was given to me, it was sometimes I had to do it. I don't want to <laughs> brag. I just had to do it on my own. Yeah. I would be calculating from start to finish. In fact, I, mm. I, I, uh, I had a party chief from Texas. I wasn't very familiar with surveying. She gives me a job to do that I had to put this road in uh, an average of uh, eight, ten feet from existing ground, from a, an existing road all the way up to mm. the top of the mountain, and I did it. I did it all with the help of my coworkers, of course. So you were basically doing an engineer's job. Oh. 
Well, no comment. <laughs> well, not to. Uh, <laughs> I will never replace a civil engineer. Uh, uh, wait, wait. I'm, so, I'm sorry, Tony. Could, could you say that again? My, the volume was a little. Don't little, say little. it again. <laughs> it's going to go right to his head. Admit nothing. <laughs> I will never replace a civil engineer. But I have saved their butts. Oh, there it is. <laughs> More than oh, once. There it is. More than once. <laughs> oh, that's no, good. No, no, no. no. I, I, uh, I've been blessed with a lot of civil engineers. that They also taught me a lot of stuff. That I was, when I got in a certain situation in the field where existing conditions did not match sure, yeah. uh, the design, I would have to alter it. And the, uh, in fact, one in particular civil engineer, Tony, you do whatever you want to do. Uh, I'm sure it's going to be okay. Mm. No, but I still want you to, oh, okay, I, I'm going to go over with you. Okay. Mm-hmm. And so, but anyway, I did do, I know enough to get in trouble, so <laughs> I did do some design just to make fit the existing. Well, it was a different. It was it was a different world there mm-hmm. then. I mean, yeah. that, when surveyors in the field then had to design and re-engineer things as they went along, because I, I remember when I started thirty years ago, and I was, I'm I'm a pup compared to compared to you. Um, the guys would you know here's a set of plans, and you had your calculator and go build me a road. And they were out there doing it, and that's all they had. They had a set of paper plans and a calculator and started pulling tape. Well, that road, that I, was, that, road that I was talking about, that's exactly mm-hmm. that's that's what they happened. did, huh? Yep, that's what you had to do. You mentioned something uh, a few minutes ago, um, mentoring. We talk about mentoring a lot on, on this show, and I think it's just as important today as it was back when you started surveying. Um, talk about the importance of mentoring just a little bit. Well, many of them, like I said, a handful. I could give you top name, Don Voorhees, Bruce Gofield, Sid Bowles, Mike Amoroso, Joe Bryant. All these guys, uh, if it wasn't for them, most likely I wouldn't have excelled like I did. And uh, I, and I, also adopted that. That civil engineer, he wasn't the only one I encouraged. I encourage anyone that worked with me, and I saw the ability in them and the capability, and I learned a lot from Chamans coming up. Mm. And once I, and the way I was referred a. Uh, you might want to look at Tony. I think he could do blah, blah, blah. And I, would, I did the same thing to whoever worked with me. In fact, I had a young female worker. They were going to lay her off, and she was sharp uh, mentally, physically. She was uh, maybe five foot two, 90 pounds, if, if that. But she was a sharp, and this was uh, early 80s. Wow. So as far as mentoring, yeah, I, uh, you know, they say uh, whatever you've been given, you try to give back. Sure. And that's what I try to do. Yeah, pay it forward, as Mm -hmm. they say. 
Hello again, Geoholics. Another quick shout out to a friend of the program, Advanced Geodetic Surveys, Inc. Advanced Geodetic Survey specializes in mapping and land surveying equipment and has been proudly doing business since 1991. AGS has consistently provided expertise in surveying and mapping industry. They offer a comprehensive list of competitive surveying and mapping products and services. The staff at AGS has combined experience of over 135 years. With that in mind, you can be sure that they are able to solve any problems and obstacles that you may encounter in the field. Their number one priority is customer satisfaction. They look after their clients and strive to provide a hassle-free experience for all your GPS mapping or surveying needs. Go to agsgps.com dot com forward slash shop and if you use promo code geo 15 you will receive 15 percent off all regular price field supplies accessories and safety equipment and it's interesting you by choice um decided not to pursue licensure correct and it's another thing we talk about a lot you know there are folks that are you know that's that's their ideal of idea of being successful, you know, getting their license and taking responsibility and blah, blah, blah. But at the same time, the folks that, you know, choose not to go that route that are technicians and, you know, still doing all of the work basically um, are unbelievably valuable. Probably in some cases more valuable. Oh yeah, to absolutely. Us that, to us that are licensed, <laughs> yes. you know, absolutely. we rely heavily on those folks. Um, what, why did you decide not to get licensed? Well, I did get uh I did get a, an LSIT, Land Surveyor yep. Training. Uh, I did try for the LS, but I I know my limitation, whether it be surveying or taking tests. And so I, I, I didn't do well taking tests, but I did well with my surveying. And so, in fact... I commend anybody, I've said this for decades, I commend anybody and everybody that has their own licenses. Me, I relied on my experience. Mm. And so, uh, in fact, I've had LS surveyors work for me. And uh, I had the utmost respect. And they, and I could see their uh, respect for me, even though I didn't have a license, but I, my thinking or uh, just my way of handling the job, um, which they complimented me. Mm. Yep, yep. And it's difficult these days in a lot of states to get your license because a lot of states require four-year degrees. Some require two-year degrees, like Arizona is one of the few states that doesn't require a post-secondary degree of any type. Um, what, do you, what are your thoughts on a degree requirement to become licensed? Well, education, I believe, is important for every profession. But like I told my sons, one of them, is that uh, you know he was going to college and five years in, into it, I said, hey, Neil, you know, in five years, <laughs> what's going on? <laughs> you know, your college, your college fund is running out. <laughs> and then I said, you know, college is not for everybody. Yep. And then I, I, I named a lot of, some names, 
millionaires, billionaires. Sure. Didn't have the college degrees. It's just a, a requirement that certain uh, corporation, mm-hmm. you know, want or need or require. But if you have the know-how and the gift of just able to do it without education, education is just a formal, got the know-how and the skills and 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 the attitude and the willingness, uh. you know, why not uh, give them a chance? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Phil, I don't think I've ever asked you that question. What do you think about the idea of a, a degree to, as far as a requirement to become a, a licensed surveyor? I don't have a problem with a two-year degree. Mm. I, yep. really, I, I really don't have – I at an associate's level or a vocational level, I think is a great way to get the ball rolling for mm-hmm. somebody. But as you and I know, as, as licensees, um, that – Experience is by far the best teacher out there. So, and and the requirements to even sit for those exams requires X amount of experience sure. verified by your superiors in order to sit for that exam. So, there's value in that. The state re- realizes that. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, get the ball rolling. Get the basics down. Understand what the you know the conversions are. How to solve a curve how to do all this stuff that your data collector does for you, but when it breaks, you can do it. Mm. <laughs> you know yep. what I mean? And what all those little formulas mean in the back of your field book, learn how to take notes, learn how to draft, learn how to, what it takes to make a, make a survey drawing, mm. and then kick you out after two years and then go learn it in the real world. Yeah. And then, then come to me and say, I want to get my license. Sure. You know, and, you know speaking as the state in that case. So, yeah. yeah. But, yeah. I, but I like to, Put in a plug for um, apprenticeship. Oh yeah, I started realizing uh, uh, the um, unionism back in the early seventies started to deteriorate, and uh, it finally came to being because we had what they call a two gate system back in the early seventies. That's when the unions started deteriorating. In my opinion, they shot themselves in the foot. And so now it appears that the unions are back uh, doing a comeback. But the apprenticeship program, in fact, even uh, the president uh, states this, and going back to the education college, the apprenticeship program is another alternative to education, whether it be two-year degree in fact, they say that four-year apprenticeship program with the union is mm-hmm. an associate degree, I think. So the apprenticeship program, the union, or even maybe a, a corporations or companies ha- may have a, an apprenticeship program. Because I know some companies, uh, they see a good uh, employee, and they'll mold them to their way of doing their type of work. And that's what the survey uh, mm-hmm. Apprenticeship is they they gave me the the base foundation mm-hmm. you know what to expect or uh, an employer could see that uh, I went through the apprenticeship and I'm qualified here 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 now <laughs> when I first started I was like a fish out of water man mama <laughs> <laughs> mia I didn't know what but and then I had a, another female apprenticeship apprentice 
she reminded me of me. She showed I was doing a major dirt work, dirt work, hunt, cutting mountains and filling canyons, minimum a hundred feet, and and my chief of parties, civil engineer, hired this <laughs> apprentice, um, which was my boss, <laughs> hired this apprentice. First day on the job comes with me. I had to admire her. She had her own eight-pound sledgehammer, all new gears. Mm -hmm. Didn't know anything about surveying, just like me, fish out of water when I first got her. But anyway, getting back to the apprenticeship, it just just gives you the base foundation yep. for surveying where an employer could see possibility of an apprentice you know, could excel, I think, is that some of them saw in me. Yeah, that's a great story. I am a huge fan of apprenticeship as well. Um, for those very reasons, I think it establishes a great foundation for, you know, the uh, the aspiring surveyor and something for them to to build off of for sure. And, you know, I'm, I, I, I being from Chicago. Um, oh, really? You're from Chicago? I've never, I've never, never heard that. My I, I condolences. Didn't, I didn't know. <laughs> you, you never bring that up. Uh, oh, being sorry. from Chicago, unions are very, um, they have a stronghold on Chicago. Unions are very strong in California. Not not so much here in Arizona, of course, but uh, I, I, overall, I'm not a huge fan of the whole union model, whatever, but I will say this. The folks that I know from California, for example, that have gone through the apprenticeship program um, are far superior surveyors in a lot of ways than some others that I've worked with that haven't had the exposure to do something like that. And it sets them up for success. You know, I mean, folks that we talked about earlier, you know, you're either on the path to become licensed or you're not. Those folks that decide, you know, licensure maybe isn't the best, you know, route for them can make a hell of a good living. Going the other way. Oh, ones. yeah, yeah. How no, there's a lot of party chiefs out there that make a great living just Absolutely. being party chiefs, and they're content with it. No question. Mm -hmm. No question. Yeah, uh, I, I have a quick question for you guys. You mentioned something there, Tony, that uh, that I've heard a lot of people say, and I've been wondering about, and I'm curious what you guys take is, especially yours. You mentioned that, that point in your career, early career where you had some initial training, and then you're basically thrown into a job and a fish out of water, right? How talk a little bit about and, and and I'll open up to you guys too about is that as valuable as I think it is and is there I, I've heard the detriment side of oh I was sent out in the field with not a hundred percent of all the training and what to expect but there in my opinion I like a little bit of you gotta kind of figure it out and and be thrown with a little bit of challenges what do you what do you guys think about that aspect of the training model. Well, right off the bat, I can tell you that in, in my career is not only just as a surveyor, but as a horseman, one thing that you learn is, is that you don't learn anything until you're outside of your comfort zone. Bingo. Right. Yeah. Bingo. Okay. Yeah. So once you're uncomfortable, you have to adapt mm. and that's either learn or sink or swim. Yep. So that's my, that's my quick, quick, great short answer. Love it. <laughs> there you go. Well, I'll add this is that um, in every profession, there's a, a minute percentage that ruin it for everybody else. Mm. Uh. And so my point being is that I'll speak for myself. 
I applied myself. I guess the best way I can uh, describe what I'm trying to say is that even though you're, you've been gone through the apprenticeship program with the union and you're going from apprentice to a chairman to a party chief, whatever the case is, if you don't ap apply yourself whatever you've learned, because here's my broad statement. We had four union members come out surveying in practically, I don't want to say one day, but just didn't last long. Mm -hmm. with, with us, it was you show up, you get paid two hours, you do some work, four hours or eight hours. That was a rule, two, four, eight. Some of them... I had this one guy come out of the hall as a party chief. Mm. All he did, oh, my boss, Joe Bryan, Tony, you're going to go with this guy. All you got to do is this, blah, blah, blah. Okay. So he, we go out, look at the job. I go, hey, uh, buddy, all we got to do is sit here, sit there, and put the hubs in. Had a plumb bob with a string around there. Looked at plans all day long. All day long. <laughs> we didn't put one hub in the ground. Jeez. <laughs> he, he was a party chief. He came out as a party chief. Now, not to degrade union members, as I said earlier, you got to apply yourself. Yes. You got to put, make an effort. And that's, Going back to this, every profession, a minute percentage rule for everybody yep. else. In every profession, I've been saying this for a long time. Mm. I actually like that mm. that sentiment of let, and it reminds me of that. Uh, don't let the one exception dictate the rule for everything. Exactly. And don't get go. caught yeah. up in the one person squawking when it's ninety nine percent is it, that's not the issue, and and you know move forward, ignore yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, nope, good stuff. And I'll, I'll just piggyback on uh, on Phil's answer to your question, Sean. Um, you know, it's interesting as as surveyors. You know, like I, I I think back to when I was first, I guess, elevated to crew chief. What year was that? Like ninety three or whatever. And we were doing a lot of retracement surveys for the Forest Service in Southern Illinois. So there was, you know, line cutting and stuff like that. I mean, you would do a four-mile traverse. Who knows how many legs that is? It doesn't matter. I mean, 70 legs, whatever. And, you, you know, you're running it. You bring it back to the office. You're, you know, you're, uh, um, you know, breaking it down and everything. All of a sudden you find out, oh, my gosh, I missed clothes by a foot. Point one zero or one four, whatever. It's like I effed up somewhere, mm. right? When you are doing something like that, you are on an island at that point in time, mm. running yeah. that traverse, yeah. right? Because you don't know whether or not you've done it correctly until the very end. Oh yeah, you know it, right? Like, so it's like, yeah, I mean, you are in that situation to sink or swim at that point in time, and then once you run an eighty leg traverse and find out you're off by you know one point three feet, whatever, you're like. Now I got to narrow it down. Now I got to figure out where I busted. And you have to go back and you have to figure out, okay, this part closes, this part closes, it's in this part right here. And then you have to go back and run that traverse. You know, but something tells me that 
it, it, that exercise right there yeah. is not in a curriculum and probably not not gone over in nope. the apprenticeship and not in every curriculum. <laughs> now in my curriculum where I went to school, yeah, it is. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, because you, what was, your degree was in? Well, my degree was in the in forestry forest technology. Yeah. Oh, but okay. It minored in land surveying, so we had a field lab that we went out there and ran a boundary traverse, and we ran level loops, and if we didn't close it. We yeah. had to go do it on Saturday yeah. and get yeah. the lab done correctly. Mm. So, yeah. But wow. talk about the pucker factor at the end when you're trying to close a traverse like that, like 80 legs. It's like, oh my God. Did oh, I close yeah. this? Oh, yeah. Especially when there's a lot of money on the line. If, oh, you're, getting, you know, if you're getting paid for it, it's, yeah. it's well, a lot different than when you're in school or not being paid for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. On that, and regarding traversing and however many mm-hmm. legs in the traverse, Don Boris, he was my. I don't want to say main member, but one of the members. Yeah. He began surveying when he was about seven years old. Oh. He's, we still stay in touch to this day. Yeah. In fact, his son, now he learns from well, his, Who's Brian? Brian Voorhees. Is that his son? Or maybe his um, son's no, son? No, his, his son's name is Jeff Voorhees. Okay. Jeff. Okay. Uh, they're in uh, California. Yep. And uh, in fact, I don't even know what... Uh, the name of the company is, but Don Boris, uh, uh, in fact, VTN, it used to be VT, Boris Trindle, then it was VTN, Boris Trindle and Nelson. Uh, to my knowledge, Don was a nephew to one of the... How about Jeff Voorhees? Yes, that's his son. That's his son. Yeah. So I know Jeff. No way. Yeah. <laughs> I was just, I was, at a, I was at a conference, I was at a conference about a month ago and sat on a discussion panel with Jeff Voorhees. Well, Jeff was serving with Don and I when he was about seven or eight <laughs> oh, years old. I, I love this not. small world. That's so awesome. I love I, this. I, uh, sent, I sent Don a, a book because, I, as I said, he was one of my main mentors. Yeah. And, uh, and we talk every once in a while on the phone. Yeah. But Jeff, yeah, he, it reminded me of knowing Don when he was serving the seven. Jeff used Came out with us, chaining with us, and I, he had to have been seven or nine. The oh most he could have been is nine. Well, I hope Jeff listens to this episode. <laughs> well, oh, I'm, I'm going to call Don and tell him. There you go. <laughs> in fact, he just sent me a Christmas card with his whole family in Louisiana. Oh Wonderful. my God! So Wonderful. great, so great. <laughs> what a what a profession, huh? Yeah, what a I profession. That's <laughs> why I love, that's why I loved it for 41 years, and I'm still loving it. And, into retirement, fourteen mm-hmm. years. I dream about it often. Yeah, yeah. It's like a fraternity, you know. And you hate to use fraternity because I guess it's sexist, but it's that kind of connection, you know. When you meet people that are surveyors, it's just like you instantly have a connection with them. And I know, yeah, you, know, you know that person, and you've done that, and blah blah blah. It's just incredible. It's incredible to me. Hello again, Geoholics. We'd like to take a second to give a shout out to another one of our friends of the program, Bad Elf. Bad Elf envisions, designs, and manufactures niche hardware and software by mixing decades of experience and expertise in embedded hardware, firmware, middleware, and application software. Bad Elf specializes in affordable and reliable high-performance GNSS receivers for GIS mapping and field data collection. All their products are lightweight, portable, and provide a battery life of 24 hours for a full day of data collection activities. Bad Elf projects work with Esri Collector, Survey123, and almost any 
location-based app in the iTunes App Store or the Google Play Store. They are developing low-cost, high-accuracy GPS receivers for all-day data collection. Mention that you heard about the Flex receiver on the Geoholics and receive $100 off your purchase and a highly coveted fitted Bad Elf hat. So let's that. talk about the book a let's little bit. Let's talk about the book a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> Where did you, uh, where did you, uh, how did the idea first come about to write a book? Well, I've always been a little prankster and, uh, and, I, and, I, and I like to um, be jovial. I'm a pretty upbeat type of guy. And so um, while I was working, you know, I, I said, geez, I had to do this. I had to. I got to start writing things down so, I, you know, maybe someday I'd write a book. And I thought about it for a minimum of, let's just say, 25 years, whatever, or more. June 2019, I'll never forget it. I went in for a financial question, and I'm a yapper, as you can tell. Sure. So um, after a lengthy conversation, maybe an hour, an hour and a half, she goes, you've had an interesting life and career. You ought to write a book. I I took that as a... As a sign? Like, yeah. I've been telling myself to do this, and yeah. then this one person <laughs> tells me to. And, and then, uh, as I'm writing, I, I said, geez, the heck with the book. This is good for my son. <laughs> <laughs> and so, uh, but th- it took me two years. I wanted to, you know, go back... Because my memory, as I said, from 10 to 16 years old wasn't the best. And uh, I had to re-gather my thoughts and what have you. So uh, that's how it all came about. So two years? Took me two years to write June of 2019 to June 2021. Mm, During COVID. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Gave you something to do. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I still golfed. Every d- good for you. Th- good for you. D- during the, during the pandemic, I still golf three days a week. Uh, I was blessed. Uh, my family got COVID, uh, and uh, but I was blessed. Good for you, man. Good for you. So as you're going through that that two year process of like you said, you had to kind of gather your thoughts and remember. I know we've had a we've had a couple uh, authors on the show before, and I'm always curious as you're recalling some of these stories, like. Did you think about how, I mean, how accurate do you think your memories were? And were you um, were you thinking about, like, only one side? Or uh, how did you, how, I mean, how did you put from your memory of, I don't know, what what is it, 40 years of experience or whatever it is? How did you recall all that and get it down? And did you, did were you truthful or did you gloss it up is really what I'm asking. Because I know what I would do, but I'm just curious what you would do. (laughs) Great question. With me, as I said, from 10 years old to 16, I practically have no memory. Whatever, uh, moving to a new country or whatever. Hmm. But with surveying, I think, because I loved it so much, I retained it. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, yeah. I retained it. If you don't love what you're doing, you know, mm. find another job. Yeah. And so my survey 
recollection, I think, is the good plus. Now, I've had to, in fact, um, Sid Bowles is the only one I asked, hey, Sid, what do we do here? And that's about it. Other than that, it's strictly from memory. Mm. Uh, because I think I had not only, I loved it, I had a great attitude about it, and I just remembered going back to the setup at the, between railroad tracks. <laughs> there was a pillar building a bridge over the railroad tracks. And there was a, a pillar that I, I had to go up and set up. Back in New York, I was an instrument man. Instrument man doesn't do nothing except run the instrument. And the unions back there are very tough, like Chicago probably. So I had a ladder and go up on a pillar, set up there. And all of a sudden, mama me, I hear a train coming. <laughs> And I grabbed that tripod and I pushed down and and I'm holding. <laughs> and he pound my on. Then I get all set up again. Fifteen minutes later, trying to uh, flop, give control for another pillar, or something that I don't recall too good. But I know I had to give another control line. <laughs> I got set, all set up. Here comes a train going the opposite direction. <laughs> <laughs> I did the same thing, and I thought I had to change my pants. <laughs> <laughs> but then anyway, getting back, I, my recollection uh, right in the book, I think is good plus. Well, what I heard you say is... Uh, in general, uh, life advice is pick a career that you can write a book about when you're done. Mm-hmm. That's a good way to think at it. Yeah, yeah. You know, if you know, if you enjoy what you're doing, you never really work a day in your hey, life. Yeah, man, yeah, yeah exactly. Hey, there it is. Where you come from? Where you <laughs> Blind squirrel finds an acorn every once in a while. <laughs> so, what was your intent? I mean, with, with with putting all these thoughts and memories together. Um, what, what, what was your intent with, with, with doing this? My intent, just like encouraging co-workers of mine, like I was encouraged, mm-hmm. I did it mainly to inspire, hopefully, future surveyors. Because, in fact, uh, I commend you guys with your platform that you're doing. If I was aware of podcast, and then I had to ask Phil because... I've been nervous ever since I agreed to this. <laughs> <laughs> and then you got here and you're like, there's a couple of idiots like I am. <laughs> <laughs> but you guys have, have put me at ease and uh, I just didn't want to mess things up, not only for you guys, but for future surveyors. <laughs> mm. That's funny. So did you learn anything else about yourself during the process of writing that book? Good question. Oh, wow, that's a tough one. Or maybe when you got done, did you have a different perspective than when you started? Hmm. I really don't know how to answer that other than the fact that uh, maybe it's good for my sons, but 
ultimately it was uh, mainly to inspire future surveyors. But for myself, I've never been a person about me. Mm. Um, and the reason I say that, I have two sons, 47 and 45. Um, the way they talk to me, I know they're proud of me. Wow. And so uh, I can't say enough. I'll give you a little, uh, a little side note about how I met my wife. As I said earlier, I'm a jovial type of guy. I'm never depressed. I'm never uh, bowling, golf. I have unbelievable amount of friends, thank God, at my age. But I was only depressed one day in my life, and I lived with this when I moved out. And uh, I truly believe God has a plan for all of us. And, uh, and that day that I felt so depressed, so lonely, I was riding in my family in Italy, literally bawling uncontrollably. We couldn't figure out why. <coughs> so six weeks later, I meet my <laughs> wife-to-be. Wow. After we set each other up on a blind date over a phone. And so, I know, back to your question, what, uh, for me, just uh, the feeling of feeling good that helping, hopefully, future surveyors, um, it, I guess it would be simultaneously with my sons. So that's the gratif gratitude, the gratification that I've gotten. Uh, I mean, that's good stuff. And I can say that most people that what I would think is most people that write a book about their journey and their story, it's usually about them. And you're the first person I've met that the first thing they think of is everybody else. And you're writing your story for other surveyors yeah. and your kids. And that's that's a really great thing. Mm -hmm. Thank you. Let's talk about future surveyors just for a second. Oh, our favorite topic. <laughs> <laughs> it was a perfect segment, Sean. Yeah. Um, so just in general, what advice would you give somebody considering a, uh, a career or making land surveying a career? Well, as I said earlier, you got to love what you're doing. Uh, if not, you find another job. Like I tell my sons... If you can't control a situation, no matter what it is, you take yourself out of that situation. If you exhausted all options, you take yourself out. So my advice, you got to love it. For me, speaking personally, I loved nature. I loved the, uh, the, the thing about being brains and brawn. A lot of times I go back and forth as a 50-50, as a 60-40. <laughs> I, I just described it recently to uh, renting my car, uh, coming here to this gown. Her, her uh, we talked about her husband that loves his job. And so when I said, um, you got to love it, and now I'm losing my mind. I'm, I'm losing track of where I'm going with this. I'm old. Don't forget. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> we want. We we love the authenticity. No worries. <laughs> Just roll with it, Tony. Yeah. You're good. Anyway, I forgot where I was going. <laughs> so, 
What was the question again? <laughs> I got, I got, I got one for you here. Or, did surveyors. you have? One, did you guys have? No, one? Did you no, have no, one? no, no. Go ahead. Go to the next one. Yeah. All right, yeah. I got one here. So, um, you've been around the block. Let's say a time or two. Um, perspective on life in general. What are? What do you think are the most important traits um, for somebody that wants to? I don't know. Have a good productive life. because some of the things that come to my mind are like the importance of hard work, you know, perseverance, humility, passion, some of the things we've mentioned already. Talk about that just a little bit. Well, this is where I don't do good. Uh, again, I'm not one. Uh, I don't process what you just asked and I'll use my crutch. Uh, I'll use my age as my crutch. But uh, but if I would advise, first of all, you gotta love what you're doing. You gotta be respectful to humanity, because nowadays we're just so apart. Mm. You just have to have a good attitude. I've I've had a good attitude, and I've been blessed all my life. As bad as the situation it was for me. I've always had a, a positive attitude, except for that one depressed day in my life. Mm. But whatever you like, or whatever you pick for your career, make sure you at least you like it in the beginning, and you slowly grow in, grow into loving it. Just like when you first start dating, you like, you love, and you just bond inseparably to the end. What what do you think it is inside of you that allows you to be that positive? You said Not, you've had one depressing day in your yeah, life. Yeah, that, that that is a you're in the ninety nine point nine percentile of, of humanity there. So what? Yeah, what can the rest of us do to to live like you? Because I'm envious. Okay, um, I don't want to give. Too spiritual, okay? I don't want to get spiritual on you guys. As bad, going back to my early days, as bad as it was for me losing my dad at nine years old, and I hope the heck I could stay focused on where I'm going with this now and not lose my thoughts like I did earlier. <clears throat> I had a, a Catholic uh, education. I've been... Uh, taught by nuns and priests. I truly believe subconsciously I was, um, I don't want to use the word brainwashed, indoctrinated, whatever, whatever. Subconsciously, it got me through life. Mm. Um, losing my biological dad, meeting my aunts and uncle. I just have a an attitude that Everything is fine. I, I, yeah. I love everything. I love everybody. I don't wish any bad harm on anyone. Uh, I, I, I'm upbeat because it comes from a higher being. I, it mm. doesn't come from me. Mm. I guess the best way I can give you this, there's a, a pastor at this church I go to, not my regular church, I try to go to church every day 
And uh, this guy talks sermons beyond comprehension. And I <coughs> said to this uh, uh, parishioner, I said, Betty, uh, do you believe how Father talks? And it's amazing. I mean, he loses me, but yet I could listen to him for hours. Wow. He says, well, it's the Holy Spirit talking through him. So what I'm trying to tell you, it's probably the Holy Spirit talking through me and what mm. I'm saying. Wow. I don't even know what I'm saying at times. <laughs> I lost my, I lost my, I lost my, uh, my, my focus where I was hey, going. The Holy Spirit took over and it was just fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah everything exactly. worked out. Yep, it was so great. I hope I'm not getting Oh, okay. no, 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 you're good, man. You are good. You are good for sure. So I got one question for you. Well, actually, I have one, and then Sean's got one. Yeah. Before we let you get out of here. Yeah. Um, again, you having been around the block a time or two, is there something, uh, how do I say this? Um, what do you know now that you wish you knew when you were younger? Ooh, it's good. I don't know. I, uh, I've been blessed all my life, and I am happy the way I am now and the way I was. Wouldn't change a thing. Wouldn't change a thing. I, I, I would not change a thing. I love that. I love that. Uh, so I have a question, and I think I already know the answer to this. I, I think I do, too. <laughs> I think but, I just heard it like 30 seconds ago. Yes. Uh, but... Do you have a mantra that you live by? Be kind and respectful to human beings. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Love it. Couldn't agree more. Yeah, it goes <laughs> along with the show. I mean, that's add value and make friends, and you do that. And make, yes, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, speaking of friends, like I, I, I brag at 78 that I have golf groups, bowling groups, church groups bingo groups which is my wife not me bingo that's boring other than that i've been blessed what's your handicap by the way <laughs> i my handicap i don't know what it is because i i shoot from the red and so i, I try to reach 95 from 93 to 97 I shoot at a regular course. Nice, nice. That's good. I'm not. I've never been long as far as drives, but I, from day one, I'm over ninety percent. I'm down the middle. Wow, I can tell you that that model will beat the pants off of most people playing golf. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you saying that? I have friends of mine that are very good golfers. You know. And uh, we get to a hole. I got a par four. I got bogey five. I said, I got a five. I'm saying to myself, I go, yeah, are you sure you got five? He goes, yeah. I go, I'm not questioning you. I just, because I got a five. 
you, I, I go, I want to make sure I didn't get a six or a seven, you know, because <laughs> you're way down there. Yeah. I, it takes me, <laughs> takes me two, three, two, three shots to catch up to you. Yep. Uh-huh. Yeah, but then he goes, yeah, but you little... You, you're down the middle. I'm yeah. right, left. Tony, I, I got to tell the story real quick because you remind me of a gentleman that I played golf with one time. Um, he carried three clubs. He carried a putter, a seven iron, and a three wood, right? That guy either parred or bogeyed every single hole. I got a bag what? full of 14 clubs, and I am lucky to get bogey every hole. He made the wow. game so simple. He made it so simple. It was unbelievable. And you remind me of that person. Yeah. I've, I've never, I'm being modest with uh, 90, uh, but I'm the blood down the middle. Uh, yep. Um, Keep it in subtle. play. Yeah. Saves on golf balls. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <There you> go. <laughs> oh. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> my my uh, brother-in-law worked uh, in Arizona right here on the golf course, and he gives me over... Five, five, four, five hundred golf balls. I go, come on, what the heck? He goes, <laughs> what do I need this many? <laughs> so, and I, and he, I go. Uh, anyway, I gave, I kept a hundred, and I, I golf with a group called Grandfathers for Golf in California. It's a very worthy non profit charitable organization, unbelievable. So I donated it to them. Hmm. So my brother-in-law, say, uh, six months later, he says, Tony, I, I got another three, 400. I go, Ron, I still got the 100 you gave me. <laughs> what I am said, I going to do with And that's where I bragged. I said, I don't lose too many balls. <laughs> 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 uh, well, give them to Ken. He can use them. Oh, yeah. But <laughs> Ken can always use them. <laughs> guys, Shot over the bow Have you guys played Avi? Have you ever played Avi in... Uh, by uh, Laughlin, Nevada? No. Oh, no, no. I'm not. Okay. Um, one summer, I was playing by myself. I'm down the middle. I lost three balls down the middle. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. You're playing in Laughlin in the summertime? Yeah, yeah there's, the no, there's no surprise the you're by yourself. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, there's that. Well, that's another thing going, going back to Servan. Yeah. I love the heat. Man. I kick it in second gear, ninety five plus, and uh, I loved it. I Good for you, all man. kind of all kinds of weather. Oh, I agree with you. That Syracuse winter is nothing yeah, to sneeze yeah, at. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Especially what happened over there lately. Oh well, it's like was five really feet buffalo. of snow. Yeah, buffalo, buffalo, right? Got, got yeah, buffalo. Yeah, yeah. Your well, wife, uh, well, your wife knows all about that. She yeah, well, She was following it pretty closely. <laughs> well, Phil reminded me that his mom uh, keeps talking about. The winter '66. Yep, couple feet. Oh yeah, a I just couple. got. I just got <laughs> back from Italy and I couldn't um, uh, fly to Syracuse for some reason, so I took a train. It took me forever. <laughs> I want to say 18 hours. <laughs> And I get you to took Sy- a train from Italy to Syracuse. I, no, excuse me. <laughs> I'm, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Hey, like I said earlier, remember? I'm kidding. I'm s- that faith goes a long way. <laughs> I, from New York to Syracuse, mm. and I, and then the next day, a couple feet of snow, mm. and then he reminded me because the mom said. When swimming, yep, swimming yeah. in snow. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. My mom yeah. was in Syracuse in '66. But anyway, yeah. I lost three. Balls in the middle of the fairway now because they hadn't cut their 
gra- uh, grass because in the summertime they let the grass. Yeah, you gotta let it grow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. <laughs> mm, frustrating. That's why you don't go down the middle. Just go off to the side. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take the follow line. my lead. I'll take the two. Sh- I'll take the two shot line. <laughs> right. Exactly. <laughs> well, hey, Tony. Um, first of all, thank you so much for your time. Um, what an honor to have the opportunity to talk to you. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, thank you, thank you, thank you for inviting me. I'm really appreciative. Thanks you to film that you come in. Good to see and you again, I, my and friend. And I, and the little bit that I know uh, about you guys, um, you guys have a, an awesome platform, and I hope and pray you and keeping doing a great job. Uh, no doubt that you do. You, and I don't know what you do. <laughs> and so uh, inspire future servers and civil engineers. There you go. Oh, appreciate the love there, Tony. Respect. And respect. And respect. And respect. I got you. Right back at you. So good. So mm-hmm. good. Well, thank you, Tony, so much. And Phil, thank you so much for being able to join us. And Thanks help, for having me. Helping to set this up. You bet. Phenomenal. You're Absolutely great conversation. And can I say one last yeah, one? Absolutely. I was... As I told you guys, I've been nervous ever since I greeted it. And you think at my age I mellow out? Nah. <laughs> and uh, this has been really a lot better than I thought because uh, I don't do well at settings like this because we could have gone down on the corner. I'd probably will open up more and know what the heck I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, oh, thank man. you. You did a phenomenal you. job. Yeah, yeah, really good. You're welcome, Bazano. All right. Hey, adding value, making friends is uh my good friend Phil mentioned earlier, we definitely accomplished that tonight. So much fun. If you'd like to be a guest on a future show or have any ideas for topics we should cover, shoot us an email at info at the geoholics.com. Frank Sinatra that's life. <coughs> it is. Available everywhere. Until next time, everyone. My new best friend, Tony. Everything is fine. Love everyone. Paisano. You got to learn a little Italian. Paisano. Yeah. Paisano. Yeah. All right. <laughs> Be safe and healthy. Thank you to our 2022 Friends of the Program, Advanced Geodetic Survey, AGSGPS.com, Airworks, airworks.io, Bad Elf, bad-elf.com, Cyanic Automation, getjobbook.com, Diamondback Land Surveying, diamondbacklandsurveying.com, Extreme Aerial Productions, extremearialproductions.com, Get Kids Into Survey, getkidsintosurvey.com. Mentoring Mondays, mentoringmondays.xyz. Monson Engineering, monsonengineering.com. Nettleman LC Prep, lcprep.com. North Star Surveying, northstarsurveying.com. ProStar Corporation, prostarcorp.com. Safety Apparel, safetyapparel.us. Topodot, new.certainty3d.com. And finally, Trimble Geospatial, geospatial.trimble.com.